So in the first month, I think I did 20 grand in sales. In the next, in the next month, it was 50. So I was going to uni studying advertising, but making more money than my lecturers on the side, doing shit that no one even knew about because I didn't tell any of my friends because they didn't understand and thought that they think I was a weirdo. My lecturer actually said that said in front of my entire like lecture hall, like 200 people, you're gonna you're gonna fail, you're gonna be stacking shells in six months. Wow! I told everyone that. And I was like, well, you know what? If there's anything to fuel a fire, then that's that. So we stand today. The business method the business with method. a shadow. The business method. The business method podcast. The business method podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs' systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome to the Business Method Podcast, where we examine the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. Our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There's a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses and we wanted to get behind the minds, the logic, and the science of what it takes to build a business like this. We've had some incredible guests like Bobby Edwards, the founder of Squatty Potty, who built a $35 million per year company with just 17 employees, and JP Sears, the YouTube superstar whose videos are going viral all over the internet. I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and we hope you enjoy the show. The Business Method. Hey listeners, welcome back to the show and today we have an exciting episode for you. Matt Kelly joins us from sunny Barcelona to chat about the past few years of his life. Matt literally got kicked out of university not too long ago for not showing up. He was down on his life and depressed. People thought he was selling drugs and going to end up a failure. And a few years later, he has an e-commerce business pulling around $650,000 per month. And he's working hard to hit that million dollar per month mark. Today's episode is great because Matt really opens up about building a business like this and even the products involved in his e-commerce store. He shares about what is working with Facebook advertising and how he predicts if an ad is going to be successful or not. Currently, he's spending around $13,000 per day on advertising and he talks about how he got to that level and how he sustains it. It's an exciting episode, you guys. And without further ado, let's welcome Matt Kelly to the show. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools and tactics and listeners we have matt kelly on the podcast matt you're calling in from my favorite city in the world barcelona how are you man hey yeah doing well um nice to be back here it's a great city had an unfortunate event the other night with the pickpocketing but you know we can we can get the good vibes going again and yeah um basically it was a week of networking and too much drinking at a conference last week but the next three weeks we're here and it's head down hoping to scale and, yeah, just enjoy the city while we're here. What uh, conference did you go to? It was uh, it's Affiliate World Europe. So it was Affiliate World, mm. then E-Commerce Mastery Live. Uh, they're run by iStack Training. So actually, I only booked it last minute because I've been to probably five conferences in the past year, usually kind of one every two to three months. It's basically just loads of, loads of guys and girls that pretty much, to cut it short, are making money online, particularly in the e-commerce space. There's a lot of affiliates there. There's a lot of e-com guys. There's a lot of Facebook agency guys. And yeah, the realistically, these events, there's there's knowledge there to be heard from speakers, but it's mainly the networking yeah. and a bit of going out and kind of enjoying time with and just meeting new people, which is so valuable. So you pay like two grand for a ticket, but 
realistically the value is way more than that just in the people you meet and yeah all the guys i hang out with now i met at previous conferences so you know i yeah. love i love high ticket events because like i just we went to this event called um baby bathwater conference and it was on an island in croatia and i think it was like minimum five grand a ticket and and the thing is yeah. you know people hesitate at that but when you when you're in a place where you know that everybody spends X amount, the same amount, yeah. you know, they're at some level that they're willing to do that and their commitment is much higher, you know, and, and yeah, sure. yeah and you know who you're dealing with. And so it weeds out a lot of the, you know, people that aren't at that level. And that's yeah, okay sure, because definitely. you really, you know, you can bond with those, you can trust, there's a trust factor there too. So out of, out of all the conferences you've been to this year, which one was your personal favorite? Uh, I went to 10X GrowthCon by, run by a guy called Grant Cardone. You've probably heard mm -hmm. of him. Um, in Vegas in February, that was my first time actually in America since I was like nine years old on a Florida holiday with my parents. So safe to say that one got a little out of hand at times. But <laughs> yeah, that, that was fun. It was so Americanized. Honestly, it wasn't like e-com specific. It wasn't even internet marketing specific. It was kind of more like, a bit wish-washy, you could say. It was a load of guys getting pumped up in an arena with 12,000 people who are 95% American. And uh -huh. Not that there's anything wrong with being American, but it was just very... It was loud and brash, and it was fun. I really liked it, actually. It was definitely my favorite so far. Um, just in the networking, that was like pure networking because it wasn't even about e-com, but we ended up, I ended up getting an upgrade in the Bellagio Hotel to this ridiculous four-bedroom thing that probably cost like $2,000 a night because I basically... There was a girl on the desk, and I just basically winked at her with my apparently English <laughs> smile, and you know what they're like. And uh -huh. I thought that was a myth. It worked. So yeah, I spent a week in a hotel room that's bigger than my house back home. So wow, yeah, it, that was pretty cool. It was the accent, man. It was the accent for sure. <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try and leverage that more in the future. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Yeah, like w when I first came to Europe and started living here. Um, people would always say, oh, that conference, you know, we'd go to a conference and people would say, oh, it's so American at that conference. And I never knew, like, what does that mean? They're like, it's all, you know, Tony Robbins, like, hurrah, hurrah, I'm pumping you up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's what a conference is supposed to be like. And they're like, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people don't like it. It's a, it's a Marmite thing, I guess, you do love or hate that, but I think yeah. it's cool. Um, well, we're glad to have you on the show, Matt, and uh, you are a friend of uh, another guest of the show, Tim Caldwell, who's doing pretty well for himself yeah. in e-com, and you guys have been traveling the world and helping each other out. And um, we want to hear, first off, your story. We'd just like to, to get behind the entrepreneur uh, that you are and understand how you evolved into the amazing businessman that you are today. Yeah, sure. So, um I'd say I was I was always pretty competitive. I mean, I'll, I'll cut it, try and get this into kind of sections. So I, I basically, when I was probably 16 is when I'd say I started being entrepreneurial in the sense that I, I always knew I wanted to do my own thing, but I think for a lot of people, it just seems like that's something you're going to do when you're 30 or in your 40s or something. Because mm. particularly in England, I think there's a real lack of entrepreneurial spirit compared to America, for example. So... So I went to school, obviously, like everyone. I went to university at 18 to study business. And after six weeks, I dropped out. So this was about four, actually about five years ago now, four and a half years ago. So I dropped out. I was actually doing an entrepreneurial business management course, which in hindsight was complete bullshit. 
I don't know if you can swear on the podcast, but they were trying to teach entrepreneurship and the people that were teaching it had never run a business, had never made money for themselves ever. And basically that was a mistake. So six weeks in, I dropped out and I went to, basically I got lucky. My uncle connected me with someone who said, yeah, come and work for me in central London. So I was working in like the financial district in Mayfair, which I don't know if you know, is like, it's the, the richest part of England, pretty much. I was working in mergers and acquisitions. So basically, I was 19 now at this point, just turned 19, having dropped out of uni. I was wearing a suit, commuting into the centre of London, hanging around with 30, 40-year-old millionaires who, they weren't really entrepreneurs. They were kind of city guys. They all worked in finance. I was the definition of faking it until you make it sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I was working in the corporate world, hanging around with kind of big wigs. But it was the first time that I'd been exposed to people that were making, you know, 10, 20, even 100 times like normal level of income. And I was like, wait a minute, like there's there's stuff here beyond what we had taught in school. Because I, I come from a normal family, like middle class, you could say. Like, But I was, you know, I went to a state school. There's never anything fancy about my lifestyle. Um, but I realized probably six, I did six months of this, but I was like, I realized then and there that I never wanted to wear a suit ever again. I never wanted to commute to one place, even if it was big money involved. But I was like, I definitely want to make money and do my own thing. But I don't want to do it this way. So I actually went back to university um, after, at the end of the six months to study a different course. This time. I was studying graphic design with web design. So I did a year of this and throughout the entire time, I just thought I don't want to be here. And at this <laughs> point I'd started, I actually to track back a bit, I'd started my, my clothing brand while I was in London. So this was the first proper business in inverted commas, you can see. So I basically spent all the money I'd earned, which was nothing. It was like 3000 pound in six months in this job because it was like an apprentice wage or whatever. I spent all this money buying stock basically for this brand that I just come up with. It was called Gentry Club. It was like, in hindsight, it was a lot of, it was crap, but <laughs> I'd, so I set up a website, I was using Shopify, but I had no idea how to advertise anything. It, to cut a pretty long story short, I ended up selling like maybe 600 pounds worth in six months. This is while <laughs> I was working that job. It was just a complete, yeah, I completely fucked it basically. But I learned a lot and I'd, you know, I'd started using Shopify, I set up my first website. Everyone said I was a complete loser. A lot of my friends just laughed at me, but I was like, fuck you, one day I'm going to be rich and do cool shit. So yeah, so I basically did that and then I, Sacked that in at the end of summer, went back to university. This would be September 2014 now. No, sorry, September 2015. So about three years ago now. Um, Yeah, and I was studying graphic design and web design, like I say. So I did a year of that, throughout which time I wasn't really running anything. But I was playing around with, I was reading into like dropshipping, e-commerce, Facebook ads, a lot more of that. And at the end of the year, I was like, I don't want to do this course anymore. So I switched to study advertising, which ironically, they didn't talk anything about Google advertising. Basically, they didn't talk about anything that was modern and actually people were making money doing. Wow. Um, so this was September 2015, yeah. Um, I don't know, September 2016 by this point. Um, and I'd started, basically, I started a dropshipping site selling leggings at the time. But this was <laughs> when I first, it's about two years ago now. And I joined a lot of Facebook groups. I discovered Facebook advertising for the first time. And I started to, you know, I started to make some sales. I think I did like five grand in maybe three months, which at the time seemed insane, but I'd like not made any profit. It was like break even. But I'd started to kind of understand that actually there's method here and there's people actually making money, 
with this business model because for me it was amazing that I'd actually managed to make sales because previously with the clothing brand I'd run I'd put so much money into stock and basically sold nothing whereas here I was had a supplier in China as I'm showing now the dropshipping model and mm-hmm. yeah I was running ads but I wasn't making any money so again I basically put that to rest I was like ah what do I do here I wasn't really sure but I was still studying advertising so um, I was basically playing around with all this shit for ages like all my friends were more bothered about going out and getting pissed, which I did now and then, but I was really in a bad place mentally. Like I was really depressed, to be honest. I was on like antidepressants. I was seeing a doctor like every other week, but I, in hindsight, the issue wasn't anything. Like There's nothing wrong with me. I was just doing shit that was making me unhappy. <laughs> I, was bas- I was basically desperate at this point to do anything to make enough money to leave. So at this point, I, I basically started another dropshipping store. This was would have been probably October 2016, so just shy of two years ago. And this time I basically, I got on to a winner. I'd started selling ripped jeans, which you just started to like get kind of fashionable in England particularly. And I was doing Facebook ads. I was starting to understand what works, what doesn't. So in the first month, I think I did 20 grand in sales. In the next, in the next month it was 50. And then, yeah, it kept going up a bit from there. But at this point, I actually had an office in Newcastle, which is in the North Bing, which is where I was studying. So I was going to uni studying advertising, but making more money than my lecturers on the side, doing shit that no one even knew about, because I didn't tell any of my friends because they didn't understand and thought that they think I was a weirdo. But I had one friend that was interested, so he got involved. And basically, this is where I fucked up. So we ended up, we stopped dropshipping. We got, basically put, he essentially put some money in and got 30% of the business, which in hindsight I should never have done. He didn't know anything about anything. I was starting to get good at this stuff. I just wanted someone to to work with because honestly I was just so lonely. We had this little office, which is basically a box. It was like 500 pounds a month. He <laughs> didn't need, but I thought, oh, I'm, I'm a big wig now. I've got an office, you know, and I was still going to uni. So we basically, these ripped jeans we were selling, we made the mistake of stop drop shipping. We bought a load of stock and put it in a warehouse in the UK. But at this point, it basically all went to shit because I, I, I fell out with my mate about he had kind of, he didn't want to grow this business well. I wanted to build a big brand. So at this point, we were building a brand. It's called Dusk. We we're working with influencers. We we're doing Facebook ads, et cetera, et cetera. But the second we got an office and put loads of money into stock, that's when basically sales went to shit and we started losing money. And I'd fallen out with him because he was like, ah, he wasn't doing anything really. And I hadn't learned anything about outsourcing, so I was spending like 10 hours a day replying to customers, and it was just an absolute mess, basically. Long story short, we a few months later, we sacked that off. I just kind of sold off, sold off all the stock, and yeah, it made a bit of money, but we didn't, you know, we didn't get the business acquired or anything. We didn't sell anything for a lot of money. But I'd, at this point, I'd stopped turning up to uni, so this was probably six months later, it was maybe May 2017, I'd stopped going, so essentially I actually got kicked out, I got kicked out of uni, I didn't actually drop out, I tell people I dropped out, I got kicked out because I stopped going, but then I just put my official dropout letter in, I haven't even told my parents what I was doing at this point, so they were like, wait a minute, why are you not going back to uni, so this was summer, like like May, June 2017, so I made a bit of money, I had enough money to to not need to go and get a job, but I wasn't really sure what the next step was because I was like, wait a minute, this like this dream of building this brand, I have this office and everything, it basically went crashing down because in hindsight, the main reason was because I'd got involved with someone that I now know I shouldn't have done and I changed the business model to something that 
meant that I couldn't travel and we had loads of stock and it I basically just gone from having something that was really lean and scalable to having something that was really heavy and not as exciting because we'd just changed everything and gone down a path which in hindsight was basically too premature and at this point I'd left uni I finally told my friends what I was doing they were like what the fuck I didn't know anything about any of this and they basically thought I was a loser I was going to be working in. <laughs> well actually my lecturer my lecturer actually said that dead in front of my entire like lecture hall like 200 people you're gonna you're gonna fail you're gonna be stacking shells in six months wow I told everyone that and I was like well you know what if there's anything to fuel a fire then that's that so honestly just like yeah fuck you that's just, that's still how I feel about that guy but naming no names so this is pretty much would have been uh, June last year so pretty much just over a year ago so I was back at home with my parents and I was like what's the next step here because I was I was basically like I was just so depressed I was like fuck I'd left uni didn't really feel like I had many friends I mean I did but I didn't relate to them they're all still at uni like I've actually got a twin brother he's non-identical but he was still he's not entrepreneurial like me he was studying um, mechanical engineering like his life seemed set he had like everything you know he just had a real routine he was crushing it at uni he had a nice girlfriend and a bunch of friends a routine and I think honestly and I don't know if my parents will listen to this but I think they thought they wanted me to be more like him probably at the time because they, they'd seen that I'd made a bit of money like we'd done like six figures in sales you know I'd probably netted five so a few, maybe, maybe netted about 30 grand personally in the bank which was, wasn't huge but it was enough to say that I could leave uni and survive for a while until yeah. I figured out the next step so yeah I was back at home and I was just like this isn't gonna help being at home in an environment which just there was no one entrepreneurial around me I felt like I had no friends anymore I wasn't I didn't have an office I had no need to be anywhere so I was just like all right screw this and I went to Barcelona for a month because my I had a friend who was doing a placement out there as part of university, I was like, well, and at least I know someone that could show me around. And I got an Airbnb, and it was this tiny little square room with no <laughs> aircon and no Wi-Fi. And basically, I was like, well, you know what? I started drop shipping before. That was where I was able to scale. Why not just go back to that and implement what I've learned, and just at least try and make some money to facilitate my travels and you know the ability to go around and hopefully meet more people. So I basically traveled Europe for like two and a bit months it's Barcelona Ibiza Berlin Italy Rome Florence blah 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 just all by myself because I was like you know what? I'm not going to wait for my friends to come and do interesting shit with me if they're not keen I'm just going to go and do it myself and yeah I was just I wasn't working that much at this point but I started a dropshipping store selling a shitload of stuff and started to scale that I was I was back to sort of I was probably doing 20 to 30 grand a month in revenue making 20% net on that which was fine because you know it was, it was it was like more than people were making in like normal jobs back home and I was traveling around wasn't really doing any work it was just all automated at this point honestly I was just going to Ibiza drinking too much and I actually had a night where I, I woke up on the roof of a building because I hadn't paid for a hotel that night I think <laughs> I was having cash flow issues with my with my store but yeah there was some weird shit but and everyone I met like I was meeting a lot of nice girls and stuff and those guys but they're like what the hell do you actually do because people say you're just traveling I'm like well yeah I'm traveling but technically I'm working as well because this is just my lifestyle now and it was pretty cool so, but then I went home after like two months and I actually ended up getting a flat in Newcastle 
by myself because I thought actually I'm not sure I want to travel the whole time I want to knuckle down and try and scale some stuff so I went back got a pretty flash flat a one bed by myself in the city that I had been going to university in and in hindsight this is this was the biggest mistake ever so I've been traveling I was still scared in my dropshipping store which I'm still running now but to track back I'd gone back I'd because I was making decent money, like I thought. I thought I was a baller because I had five figures in the bank, and you know, blah blah blah. Compared to my friends, I was, you know, rich. You could mm-hmm. say because they were like, "Well, you're actually making money. You don't seem to work." So I basically spent like, well, I, I got a flat. I rented it for six months. I had to pay up front, but it was a one bed flat. I thought it was a baller because it was pretty big, and it had like it had a TV that came out at the end of the bed. But literally, I spent one month there in winter because it was like September, October time now. So in winter in the north of England, it was raining all the time. I was literally working basically in my bedroom by myself. And I was just like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, <laughs> so, And it was just, I was just so depressed, honestly. Like, I just got back into a hole. I was like, I, I got into this business so I could be free and do what I want. And I was basically forcing myself into what ended up feeling like a prison cell, this one bed flat. I like, I don't think I spoke to anyone for like two weeks at one point because I was just working, but I was like, why am I here doing this by myself? So basically again, I had to reassess what I was doing. So I went back home for Christmas. So I probably, I, I probably spent two months in the flat actually. Went back home um, and this was when the Singapore, the Singapore e-commerce summit was. So this was would have been the first event I'd been to. I'd seen it on Facebook. I was like, I had one friend that was living in Leeds, which was somewhere else in the North England, but I didn't see him. He was literally like an internet friend. He was like the only other guy in England that I knew that was doing drop shipping e-commerce. He was like, let get a ticket to this event, let's go. So I went to Singapore, which is the first time I'd been to Asia, and I was like mind blown by how far the plane journey was. I was like, what the fuck? Barcelona is <laughs> like two hours. It was 13 and a half hours. And this is where I basically met, I met Tim there, I met loads of the guys. I met a 19-year-old guy, I'm not going to name his name in case he doesn't want me to, uh, and he was doing three million pounds a month dropshipping, and wow. I was instantly like, what the fuck, I didn't realize there were guys playing at this level. And this was the first time I'd been exposed to people in the same industry as me that were actually making like way more money than the guys I'd been hanging around with in London two years before. That were wearing suits. The different the difference was these guys were wearing flip flops, and m- most of their business was automated. So I was mind blown. I was like, okay, there's actually guys doing this stuff, and yeah, I just suddenly I was like, wait a minute, I feel like I actually belong with these people. Like there's other people like me. There's people that are running businesses that don't have an office, that don't wear suits. They're just like online guys and. I, I, like two years prior, I'd have probably thought these guys are just scammers. They're just bullshit. This doesn't exist. How do you make money like that from a laptop? Which is what I think most people still think. A lot of my friends probably think that. Um, so at this point, it was Christmas. I went back home after the event, which was, well, Christmas was like a month later. I spent Christmas at home, like kind of excited for the first time ever, thinking I'm actually onto something here. There's other people doing similar stuff. And I decided suddenly to not go back to my flat in Newcastle. I basically just said, you know, I'm not going back there. I told the landlord to keep his money and just give the flat to someone else. Just pack my bags. And I actually flew to Australia um, to stay with the guy that I'd met at the event, which was one of Tim's friends. So instantly, this was like, purely because I'd been to that event, I was building relationships with guys across the world. Just went to Australia, had a sick time, got ridiculously sunburned. I actually got so sunburned in two hours that my entire face peeled off. 
and I spent <laughs> the next week inside. I literally, I, I looked like I had leprosy or something. It was bad, mm. and I, I dyed my hair blonde for the first time because I was just, I felt like I was on some weird like self-discovery shit. I was scared in my business pretty well. Um, yeah, I dyed my hair blonde. I was like, it was a bit surreal. I was just like in Australia living with this guy that was doing similar stuff in the sun. And it just felt a bit like, how the hell did I end up here? And finally, like, actually enjoying what I'm doing. Um, yeah, ended up going to the Philippines after that, went to another event. I'll, I'll chase it up a bit here, but then we went to Bali for three months. Uh, me, Tim, and a bunch of other guys met a bunch of other cool guys doing similar stuff. Um, went home for, like, a month in between because I just wanted a break. I kind of wanted, I honestly kind of wanted to go home and see my mates from union stuff and actually say, because like, people were kind of taking notice that I was living this lifestyle that they'd probably only seen on kind of Ty Lopez ads online and thought it was bullshit, you know? Right. So I went home and kind of flexed a bit for the first time. I bought my dream car like back in May, an RBR8 V10 Plus. And I think that was one of the most surreal moments of my life. Like I literally had this car as my desktop since I was like 12 years old in the actual color that I ended up buying. And I was just kind of mind blown. I, I, I was obviously... I'm still running my dropshipping store and purely because of this dropshipping store and actually leaving uni and meeting guys that told me that I should think bigger and not smaller. I managed to go from in like six months being like depressed as shit and like making a bit of money but being so depressed and lonely to meeting loads of cool guys that are now like my best friends like traveling basically all over the world including like Vegas, LA, Australia, Asia, Europe and then getting to a point where I could buy my dream car at 22 put a picture up online basically explaining a bit of my journey to my a lot of my friends who honestly I still don't think actually understood what I was doing and yeah that was like two months ago and then that kind of brings us up to date roughly to where I'm at now which is still scaling my dropshipping business but trying to figure out what the next logical step is but yeah it's kind of surreal the past year has been a pretty kind of rapid learning curve in life and I've probably missed loads of stuff there but because so much has happened, but that's that kind of brings us up to up to date, really. I'm sure you've got loads of questions, but yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's that's a brief but not very brief rundown. It sounds like a wild ride, man. I, I really enjoy stories like this because it, it it is, I mean, in a way, a, a bit of self discovery, but at the same time, like you're just you're a guy in your twenties just trying to figure it all out and you were hitting brick wall after brick wall after brick wall and finally then you then you find i guess you could call it the way or the right way to go and all things just kind of line up for each other but um yeah so i do have some stories i want to talk about the challenges of feeling depressed and not knowing where to go and then, so yep. if you were to tell your former self just a few years ago that was either sitting in that cold apartment or back at uni and, and feeling really down on yourself for doing the things that don't make you happy, um, what, what would you tell that, uh, that Matt from a few years ago? Um, I think the most important thing, and obviously hindsight's great, I didn't know this then, but I think the cause of all my depression I had doctors give me freaking pills which which was so close-minded really because I think there was nothing wrong with me it was just that I was just a bit different to most people I was different to everyone I was hanging around with and I was doing shit that I knew I hated I think 
honestly, I, I think I knew I didn't want to go to university and get a normal job before I even went. I just knew that I was going to go because it was something to do, which would allow me to figure out what I hate the most as well, which was probably going to get a nine to five, you know, just doing stuff that wasn't, wasn't inspiring to me. And I, I would say to anyone that feels fucking depressed to probably try changing what you're doing first i think everyone deep down knows what they would enjoy more they're just they're just bullshitting themselves to try and fit in with everyone else and like it's so stereotypical and cliche but that's because it's so true like i honestly think that 90 percent of people are doing stuff they don't truly enjoy or and they feel like they can't change anything because because they haven't met anyone that's done similar stuff like i'm convinced that the people you hang around with and the people you associate with and the people you speak to on a daily basis is like literally the single most important thing in life, in, in the pursuit of success in, in any way, whether that be business or health or relationships or anything. Yeah. And it's not all about making money either. Like, I mean, for me, yeah, I, I want to make a lot of money and be independent and build a business. But even if someone wants to go and like, you know, be a bloody freelance poet and make $800 a month or something and live in a shed, like that's what they want to do then they should pursue that as passionately as anyone that wants to try and make 10 million quid. You know, like it's not, it's about defining success for you and reverse engineering it. But the key to all that, I think, is finding people that are on a similar wavelength and hanging around with them. Because I think there's a lot of negativity, like for example, I remember when I was in university, it was the same lecturer that said that I would be stacking shelves and they were like, all of you you all need to aim to make 20 grand a year that's that's the ceiling like mm -hmm. you're not going to do any better than that because i hadn't actually gone to the greatest uni like i kind of fucked up my a levels which was like the exams pre-university because i just kind of i'd done so well when i was 16 in like my gcses i'd like done like straight a stars which is like the top grade but then i got to 17 18 and kind of felt a bit lost i, I just sort of messed up my a levels so i'd gone to an like it was an okay uni but it wasn't great and i was not to sound like an idiot, but I was probably hanging around with people that were maybe less driven. Well, that they were less driven about success in life. And I'd kind of, I was probably hanging around with a lot of the wrong people, which would, which was a negative influence on my mindset, definitely, which just sort of highlighted the fact that I was doing stuff I didn't want to do. And I was also hanging around with people, which I didn't necessarily want to be hanging around with. So it was, a, it was a real cocktail basically. But yeah, the main point not to drag on is probably just to, to be honest with yourself about what you actually want to do. And it's really hard to realize that you can take steps towards doing that eventually. But the key to all that is finding people that are like you, which helps massively. Yeah, there's a really good um, way to do that. And it's to, to take the t take, uh, take the people you spend most of the time, you spend most of your time around and see where they're going to be at in the next three to five to 10 years. And if you don't want yeah. to be where they're going, then you're probably hanging out with the wrong people. You know, I, I talk about this a lot. It, it's like, if you're hanging out with the same people you did uh, from childhood or from high school or even from university, um, and you haven't changed your social network, you're probably not growing that much. And it doesn't mean that, yeah, yeah, it doesn't mean you don't love them, you don't wish them well and wish them the best. It doesn't mean you can't stay in touch with them. Um, or it doesn't mean there's one or two that you stay in contact with and hang out with. But it means that like, you have to constantly grow those social networks. And if you don't, then you're not going to grow on the pace that you want. Would you agree? Yeah, 100%. Like, to come on to this, actually, which I was going to lead on to, is um, 
I've literally had people that I used to call friends accuse me of being a drug dealer because they don't understand e-commerce. They don't understand yeah. how I can make so much money in inverted commas in their view. Like it, it's, it's kind of funny because people are so narrow minded and honestly it, it clearly comes from just pure jealousy. Like I, I ran into someone that I used to go to school with a few weeks ago and I was back in the UK and again, naming no names, but, and they basically came up to me and said, like, I don't understand what you do. Like, they're really spiteful and hateful because they, I haven't spoken to them in years, but they'd obviously seen on Instagram or whatever that I was doing all right and I was traveling, blah, 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 I had a nice car, etc. And they were like, I don't, I don't know what you do. You're clearly really lucky. Like, and she said, um, I think she said, we all think you're a really jammy cunt, which is basically just a lucky prick. <laughs> like, I think, I think, yeah, I just, I think it was pure jealousy. I, I, people seem to, instead of, I've never understood because everyone wants to be successful, but people see someone that's done, had a bit of success. And I, I don't deem myself successful all long term, but I guess compared to what a lot of people at my age and compared to where I was a few years ago, then yeah, it's, it's, it's successful. And I find it ironic, people don't, I've always thought if someone's successful, I would look up to that and think, yeah, that means that I could do something similar or I could go and pursue my dreams. But instead, people seem to hate on it. And people that have that attitude, they're just never going to go anywhere. Yeah. If you hate on someone's success in, in, in whichever manner that is, whether that be financially, whether it's in sports, whether it's in just the general lifestyle they lead, then you're probably never going to be successful in your own way because, yeah, yeah I, just, I just don't understand why you would hate on someone's success yeah particularly when they, when, when they haven't seen any of the shit i've actually been through people are quick to assume that like i've i've been doing this stuff for a week do you know what i mean like yeah no one was interested when i was sat in my uni bedroom like literally working in a burger bar and working on my shopify store on my break with 12 pounds in my bank account no one gave a shit then they said oh i'm just a loser because i don't drink as much as them yeah yeah, it's interesting. But, yeah. Like I've been in this online world for I guess nine years now, and um, it, when I first started out, like back in the day, people thought I was doing porn, and they're like, "You're doing internet yeah. porn, aren't you?" And I'm like, "No, come on, man, you know me. Like I'm not into porn," and <laughs> yeah. it, it was hilarious. And then I would use in the U.S. We have this little tax loophole where if you're abroad. Um, 11 months out of the year, you don't have to pay any income taxes. And people thought yeah. I, people thought I was doing some scam. I had a friend that was an attorney. He said, I'm going to have to represent you one of these days for all this the crazy stuff you're doing. And I'm like, no, it's legit and it's legal. And it's, it's you know, a lot of people are doing it. So yeah. um, what was it like for your, when you got kicked out um, of uni, university, what was it? Did you, was that like a, a, a drop off moment for you or, or was that an exciting moment for you? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so this is the thing I'd actually, so I got kicked out in May, 2017. I'd actually stopped turning up in about February, 2017. Cause this was when we had the office. I was hustling my face off in hindsight. I wasn't being productive at all. I thought I was being productive cause I was spending 18 hours at a, at a laptop but I hadn't learned anything about outsourcing. I was doing absolutely everything myself. I probably was stuck in the trap of thinking, if like the longer I sit behind a laptop, the harder I'm working clearly, but it just wasn't working. I wasn't being efficient. I wasn't, I wasn't, I just wasn't doing it right basically. But yeah, I, I stopped showing up to lectures like four months before someone probably realized that I hadn't done any work and yeah, I got kicked out. But then I just, <laughs> I, 
in my mind, I'd already dropped out, but I just I never bothered to formalize it, probably because I didn't want my parents to find out at the point at this yeah. point. But like a few weeks later, I showed them what I'd actually been doing, and they were like, "Okay, fair enough." But I, I think probably at this point, they still thought that I was probably being an idiot. I think my mm-hmm. parents said. I think I should still finish university. It's a big risk. I think at one point, maybe a few months before, they said I was a complete idiot for thinking I could do anything else. But I, <laughs> I, I, they support me now. But I, I, I think, to be honest, it's because I think a lot of parents from, like my parents are like mid fifties. It's just that generation. I don't. Yeah. I just, like most people, it's harder for them to understand how you can actually, you know, make money online. This this hot phrase that people like to think just equals scam. Like. I think honestly, think my parents probably thought I was selling drugs at one point, but like I've, I've literally, I don't, I've never even done drugs. Like it's not my thing. And a lot of my friends, even to this day, it really pisses me off. Like not my actual friends, like just like friends of friends or like there's comments thrown around. But like, people have literally accused me of just selling pot. And I, I just like to say back to them, well, I don't think people selling pot are making this much money actually. So, <laughs> and that puts people like right. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. People are so narrow-minded. I, I think there's a real culture with a lot of people. Maybe it's, it's, it's England, but particularly in the north of England, it's not particularly entrepreneurial. Like, yeah, I, I think like university for me was, in hindsight, quite a poisonous experience because I think it really, not, not to go like too conspiracy and deep on this shit, but I honestly think that a lot of university, in my experience, is is really made to train people to think inside the box and not think any further out. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's not, that's not for everyone. I'm not saying that it's not worth it. Like, I enjoyed the social side of it. I met a lot of people. I, I don't regret going to university at all, but in hindsight, I definitely didn't need the so-called education that I got because the only thing I learned there was what I didn't want to do. And that lecturers clearly don't think very highly of people that want to go and do different things as yeah. I'm clearly did. Well, the, so, yeah. the modern educational system like was is all based off of an educational educational system that came from Prussia, and it was designed to yeah. create worker bees and soldiers, and to be yeah. because it's for the industrial industrial revolution, yeah. And so the edu- what they're producing is people that are in that mentality in that box, and what we need and what we're seeing more and more and more um, is people is is these these businesses that have sprung up that can teach people in conferences and events that can teach people to think outside of that box much more broad and and much more, much further than that. Yeah, definitely. We're going to wrap up the first part of Matt's interview there and come back tomorrow with the second part of the show. In the last part of the interview, Matt and I discuss more details about Facebook advertising, scaling your social circles in a seven figure location, independent lifestyle. See you soon. Hey listeners, thanks again for joining the show. We wanted to remind you about our Get Shit Done one-on-one productivity coaching that we recently just launched. What we do is work with you to create big business goals that are absolutely game changers. We make a plan together and put you in our productivity hacking system that helps you stay on target. Each week you get a call with yours truly about what steps to take for the following week. Some say it's like a year of productivity in just three months. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching. Thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching.